And I honor my wife in her absence, and I also want to honor the absolute man of God of this house and woman of God. Pastor Andrew and Pastor Chantal is just hands down some of the most incredible uh, human beings. That's it. I mean, yeah, that's in order. Go ahead and clap. I mean, some of the most incredible people, just genuine, good-hearted individuals who care about the purpose of God uh, for your lives. Uh, I just want to say that it's not only them that's laboring, but it's their children that's laboring along with them. It was so beautiful this morning as I got out the car. We were getting here, and my goddaughter, Claire, she said she wanted to take me to church. She wanted to hold my hand and usher me into the presence of the Lord. So is there anybody who wants to be ushered into his presence this morning? So I I don't have much time. I'm accustomed to preaching in places where I have a lot of time to preach, like Africa, where people will sit all day for hours and hours and pull on the gifts. So I don't want to be before you long, but there is something in my heart that I want to share with you for this moment that I have with you, this brief uh, moment in time. I'm being very sensitive to the Spirit of the Lord, and as Pastor Andrew had commissioned me to talk to you uh, concerning going deeper in the things of God and deeper in your relationship with God, and this is such a powerful uh, thing for me because I believe that in this generation that we live in, we live in a generation of people who just like to deal with things on the surface. Is anybody going to be real? They like to show you the pretty picture on Facebook or Instagram or whatever the other thing, Snapchat. They want to show you the good side of themselves. They want to hide behind the fig leaves of the outer appearance. Come here, Adam. And so Adam and Eve, they were hiding behind the fig leaf. And I think so many times we hide behind those fig leaves because we don't want people to see the real us. We never really want to go beyond the veil. And so I'm just so grateful to have a brief moment to talk about going deeper into the things of God. And really, you have to want to go deeper in order to go deeper. You have to want to lay aside the fig leaves and just unveil yourself before God and say, here am I, Lord. Here am I. I am undone. I am unclean. I am nothing without you. And I need you, Lord. And so as I begin to think about that uh, going deeper, I kept going back to this scripture in the book of Joshua. So if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Joshua, the first chapter and the first verse. The first chapter and the first verse, I've read this particular passage of scripture many times. And uh, originally he had talked to me about build, going deeper and building the momentum. And when I think about building on that which God has started in your life, I was just brought back constantly to the book of Joshua, the first chapter. I want to begin reading with verse one. It says, now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister. Everybody say, Moses' minister. Saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. 
Every place that the sole of your feet shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, my God. As I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and to this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. Just a few more verses here because I believe that these promises are so important to really know. He says, there shall not be any man able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. And as I was with Moses... So shall I be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage for unto this people shalt thou divide an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Father, today that as, as I begin to open up your word, I pray that you would touch the ears of the hearer, that they may hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying in this hour. I do believe, Lord God, that you have given me a word to speak specifically to this body of believers. And I just pray right now in Jesus' mighty name that every word that is spoken, Lord God, according to your word, you would confirm it with signs, wonders, and miracles, with breakthroughs with healing, with deliverance. Heavenly Father, confirm your word in the hearts of each and every individual in this place and let the shift begin right now in Jesus' mighty name. This is it. It is here. It has arrived. We receive it. We believe it. We claim it. And we give you praise in advance for what's about to happen in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen if you agree with that prayer. So here the book of Joshua opens up and we, we open up to a time and I think it's so important for us to really understand and get the gravity of what's going on in this book of Joshua. He says, now here we find the children of Israel. It is believed that there is over 2.5 million Israelites now standing in the plains of Moab. Standing in the plains of Moab and here these Israelites are there. They're in the plains of Moab. Moab. Moses, you know Moses, right? Moses, who the Bible said God knew him face to face. Anybody want to be known face to face on a face to face basis with God? So Moses, who was known face to by face to face by God, declared him to be the greatest prophet that had ever lived up until this point. Moses, the one whom God came to him in the burning bush and the bush was not consumed and spoke to him and told him, I want you to go to Pharaoh and command him to let my people go. Now, here's the purpose of you being free. Catch this. He said, command them to let my people go so that they might worship me in the wilderness. So that they might worship me in the promised land. So you were released for the purpose of worship. Missed it. You were released out of the chains and the bondage and the things that you were in because God desired a worshiper. God desired to awaken the worshiper within you. But you were too bound and you could not worship him in spirit and truth. So God sent a man, a type of Christ, to leave out of the palace to come down into the trenches with his people. I don't have a church who knows the Bible. 
So God brings Moses out of the the palace as a shadow of Christ. He comes down to deliver his people. Moses then goes up to the mountain and gets the Ten Commandments. Moses meets with God, talks with God, says, God, show me your glory. Show me your glory. This same Moses who God used to bring down the ten plagues upon Pharaoh. The same Moses who God called and put a staff in his hand and he raised it and parted the Red Sea. This same Moses who God had called to do mighty exploits. The Moses who smote the rock and water came out and quenched the thirst of those who were thirsty. So here we find the children of Israel who were freed from this bondage, who were freed from the hand of the taskmasters in Egypt. And now they are there sitting in the plains of Moab, weeping and crying and wailing because now the man of God who had led them out of bondage is now dead. What do you do when the man of God who you've trusted in or the thing that you've trusted in is finally dead? And the Lord began to speak with me concerning this. That brings me to my first point. Season changes and spiritual shifts often calls for something to die. You will find out that when God wants to shift some things in your life or a season change is about to happen, something must first die in order for you to enter into that new life. In order for you to enter into that new thing, you've got to get to the place where you say, God, let death come, whatever it takes, get me into the promised land. And I don't know how many people are in here who it seems like you've just been up against a wall. You've been hitting the same thing. You can't seem to quite get past this threshold. Can I just say, perhaps God is wanting some things to die in your life so that you can walk into this thing free. So you can walk into this thing brand new with the freshness and the glory of God. So here he says, Moses, my servant is dead. This isn't a title that Moses, he sought for, he worked for, he earned it. No, God gave Moses the title as my servant. We got to get to the place in our relationship with God where that becomes important to us again. Where that becomes a desire. Lord, we desire to be a servant. In this self-serving generation, I don't know about you, but sometimes I get so disgusted by looking and I'm careful with my social media posts and things of that nature because it just seems like everybody is so full of self. So full of self. But we've got to get to the place to where we have a heart like Moses. We want to serve. And here the name of the church is Serve City. It amazes me if you are coming to a church with the name Serve City and you're not serving. Hello? How in the world can you come into a church with the name Serve City and not be finding a way to get involved? Not be finding a way to plug in. Not be finding a way to get behind the vision. I would encourage each and every person that's in this place. If you want to go deeper with God, you've got to go down. My God. The kingdom in the kingdom of God, sometimes the principles is, a, is reversed. If you want to go up, what do you got to do? You got to go down. If you want to get, what do you got to do? You've got to give. So I would encourage you that allow God to cut some things out of your life. 
Allow God to take some things out of your life. What's amazing is, is that the children of Israel were there. And you know what's crazy is that this was during a time a tradition would have them crying there for 30 days. So traditionally when you're mourning a great leader, they're there. Get the picture now. They're in Moab, in the land of Moab. They're mourning for 30 days. They're crying. They're weeping. They're renting their garments. They're heaping ashes upon their heads. The scripture says that even they roll in the dirt. No celebrations happen at this time. No work is being accomplished at this time. And now God says enough is enough. Stop crying over what you lost yesterday. Stop crying over yesterday's anointing. It's time for something fresh. It's time for something new. I don't know about you, but there's something in my heart that says there is more to church than this. There is something more to God than this. There is something more than just a song that I sing. There is something more than just me praying with no power. I don't know about you, but we need power In this day and age where people are losing their minds, they are losing themselves in this world, and they are in need of God. If it took the supernatural power of God to establish the church, it will require the supernatural power of God to maintain His church. We must say, God, here am I. Cut whatever needs to be cut out. Take whatever needs to be taken. I surrender myself to your purpose and your plan because I desire, I desire to go deeper. Moses leaves the children of Israel set up for success. Moses ushers them out of the the land of Egypt, out of bondage, and guess where they end up at? They end up right at the brink of the promised land. They end up right at the brink of promised land. They're there in Moab. Moab was positioned east of the Jordan. So get this, pastor. They are there on the brink of entering into the promised Jordan River in front of them. On the other side is the promised land. My God. So Moses here, he passes, he dies. What's so amazing is that Moses had all of his strength and his vision was still sharp. But yet, this is how you know Moses' vision was sharp because he brought the people of God all the way to the promise. He brought them just to the brink of the promise without holding their hands and taking them to the next level. This next level that you've got to go to, can't nobody take you there. Moses has got to die in order for you to enter in. Did you hear what I just said in the spirit? Moses has got to die in order for you to walk into the promised land. Lazarus had to die. You reach maturity when you start realizing, okay, Lord, I see what you're doing now. In order for me to go into this new season, for me to go deeper with God, I realize that Lazarus had to die. Because if Lazarus did not die, my God, gods would not get the glory. If The book of John, somebody's looking at me like, what are you talking about? The book of John. Lazarus, Jesus shows up, Mary and Martha, they come and they said, Lazarus, our brother has died. And Jesus is like, he's not dead. He's just sleeping. He's going to be all right. This sickness is not unto death. And then they kept on because they didn't catch up with his faith. That's a whole nother message for another time. And Jesus groaned in his spirit because they weren't there in the faith. They weren't deep enough to catch that his faith. He was saying he is only sick. He's not dead. Missed it. 
So until you can catch up, so he says, you have to realize that Lazarus has to die. The book of John 11 chapter in the fourth verse. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm being led of the spirit right now. He says, but this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. For the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified through this death. And I want to tell somebody that this death is for the glory of God. This thing that you've got to let go of is for the glory of God. I don't know what you're holding on to or what you're trying to take into this next season of your life. It could be that you're afraid to walk out in this place of faith. It could be afraid that you are afraid to step out into this next level. But I want to tell you right now, you've got to let this thing die so that God can get the glory out of it. God is desiring to get the glory out of the death of things. And so here is what's so amazing about this as well. You have to think about as Moses is passing on, this is what we need to do for the next generation. Moses set up the next generation for success before he died. Moses set up the next generation for success before he died. The children of Israel didn't even really know what was going on because he was still strong. He still had vision. All of a sudden, at 120 years old, the man dies. They're there. 2.5 million people. Can you get the picture? And here this man is there and he dies and he's still strong. They're struck. They're, They're just devastated. But yet he leaves them there in a place called Moab. Somebody say something has got to die. Because one of our greatest purposes in life is to set up the Joshua's that are coming after us for success. The scripture said that a good man does what? Leaves an inheritance for his children and his children. So we've got to learn how to position ourselves and position the Joshua's behind us so that they can be set up to walk victorious. So that they can be set up to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might and accomplish that which he has called them to do. Ask yourself, have I set up the next generation that's coming behind me for success? Has my roots gone deep enough in God's word and God's plan and God's purpose so that those who are looking at me don't see me? but but something has already died so they see Christ in me, the hope of glory. So we have to, 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 Paul said, I mortify the deeds of this flesh. I kill it. Something has got to die in order for us to go deeper. Jesus, our ultimate example of this, Jesus said, I must go. It's urgent that I go because if I don't go, then I can't send the comforter. So Jesus said, I've got to die. When they tried to tell him, not so, Lord, they got rebuked. They said, well, no, this, this next level and that which you're trying to do, it doesn't require all that. It's not that serious. Why are you so loud? Why are you so passionate? Why are you jumping around, Pastor? Why are you so passionate about this thing? It's because when you have a revelation of the promised land, you cannot be silenced. It cannot be contained. You are ready to go for it with reckless abandonment. So here, Jesus leaves us set up for success. Jesus said, it's urgent that I go. He said, guess what? These works that I do, you shall do, and what? And greater works. So Jesus set them up. He said, I'm going to take you right to it, but I'm not going to make you drink. 
I'm going to take you right to the water, but I'm not going to make you drink. And just because I've given you paradise, that don't mean you're not going to have to work, Adam, Eve. Just because I have made and designed this place specifically for you and you've got the four streams of life coming in there, that does not mean that you're not going to have to labor. This thing has got a cost to it. This thing has got a price to it. If you want to walk in power, guess what? You've got to lay prostrate before the hand of God and cry out for the Lord and weep between the porch and the altars for God's word and God's purpose to be fulfilled in the earth. You cannot just walk up and all the sudden you've got this thing you can't build a company come on somebody if your dream is to launch a business you've got to start somewhere you've got to despise not small beginnings you've got to learn like joshua how to get this thing the scripture said joshua was moses's minister He ministered. He was the assistant of Moses. He labored with Moses while everybody else was down burning calves and and naked and crazy parties and things was going on. Joshua was there halfway up the mountain trying to hear what he can hear from the Lord. My God, can you can you just picture Joshua as Moses is going up to the fiery mountain of God, getting the words from heaven here? Joshua is there just waiting and watching and waiting and watching for his turn. He is preparing himself because he knows at some point God's going to call my name. And when God calls your name, you've got to be ready to arise. You have to be ready to arise and be set up for success. This is something that we must do. And so here we realize that something must die. Something must die. The book of John, the 15th chapter, the second verse. You know, God says that he has to sometime purge us. He has to prune us. He has to cut some things away in order for that new fresh fruit to grow. Something has got to be cut off. And I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but in order for you to reach this thing, I'm going to tell you, my sister, you've got to cut that thing out. Whatever it is you're doing, whoever it is you're doing, it with whatever's going on in your life you need to cut it off if you want to go to the next level come in line seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then all of these things will be added unto you somebody say you gotta cut it if you want more fruit you gotta cut it something's got to die I just bought a house and and on the house it was so prophetic uh, At the new house, there's a fig tree in the backyard. I don't know nothing about farming. I don't know. All I know is that, hey, that was in the Bible. I got a fig tree. (laughs) And what was so powerful about that fig tree is, is that the reason Jesus cursed the fig tree is because it wasn't producing the fruit that it was supposed to produce in the time that he needed it. And so the question is, is that if you're not producing what God is wanting you to produce in the time when he requires it of you, you're going to be cut. And I was there looking at the fig tree and my fig tree is huge. And I was eating the figs and didn't know it wasn't time yet. So, (laughs) but I said, Lord, I know this will be sweet at some point. At some point, it's going to get sweeper. See, as you go deeper with God, you'll realize that the weeping had to endure for the night because joy was waiting for its opportunity to arrive. If I had an organ, I'd preach it a little bit better. The weeping had to endure for the night because joy was just itching to get to you. Joy was just waiting to get to you. Weeping 
may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. The night of weeping has to happen. You have to know that the night of weeping has to happen in your life because God has got joy waiting right behind it. And some of you can actually see this and testify to it that you didn't been through some tough stuff, but you didn't know why you were going through it because you had tunnel vision. You didn't have a panoramic view of what God was doing. But if you would have elevated yourself, you can see where you are seated and thank you, Holy Ghost, where you are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. If you would elevate yourself, you can see the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. And you'll know that joy is waiting for its turn to manifest in your life that's why Jesus was like father I know you've heard me concerning the things of Lazarus you need to read that passage of scripture I encourage you this week Jesus said father I know that you have already heard I know that you heard the prayer it was just waiting to manifest You need to know that you cannot enjoy the fullness of this next season. The fullness, Serve City cannot enjoy the fullness of this next season trying to carry Egypt on your back. God is desiring to do a new thing. He wants to feed you in a new way. Jesus said, I have meat that you know not of. It's because God desires to feed you with something different in this season. That which sustained you yesterday will not be sufficient in the promised land. My God. So Jesus said, you've got to learn how to let go of this thing. Learn how to release those things. Because in order for you to enjoy the promised land, you cannot do it carrying Egypt on your back. And so many of us are wondering why we cannot enjoy the promise. Why we cannot walk into what God has promised for us. Why that business is not launching. Because you have to go back and you need to eliminate some things. You still have not passed the test. But once you pass the test, then you can walk in the fullness. That test for many of you may be just getting plugged in, using your gifts within the local church, within the body of believers, and then fruit will start to spring out. Because you have declared this place to be the promised land somebody say amen and so you've got to get plugged in you've got to get cut a little bit I I can remember you know when I was first starting out in this thing I had a heart to want to get beat I had a heart to want to get beat with the word yes beat me cut me take everything that's in me that doesn't need to be there God remove it from me because my desire is to be used by God to be used by God. And you cannot function in the promised land with the taste of the beans of Egypt still fresh in your mouth. You cannot expect to enjoy the fruit of the promised land when you're longing for the beans of Egypt still. And so once that thing dies in you, once you allow God to prune that out of you, then you're able to be able to successfully pass over this Jordan. You can't enter into the fullness of the promise of God in old Egyptian habits. You cannot continue to walk in the newness in this new season that God has set for you and you're still bringing the old Egyptian habits with you. That stuff has got to go. The way you used to do things has got to go. You've just simply got to change. Stop kicking against the pricks and say, yes, God, to your will. Yes, God, to your way. I submit to it. I'm not going to fight against it, but I will surrender 
to your plan. I will do whatever it takes to get to the next level. Somebody say amen. Amen. That thing should have died in you last season. I just hear in my heart right now, for some of you, that thing should have died last season. It should have died last season. So go and let it die. Let the dead bury the dead. Jesus was trying to take them to, to the new destination, a new place of life. And they're like, well, well, let us deal with this. Let us stay here with our father. Let us bury our father. And Jesus said, follow me. Let the dead bury the dead. I'm trying to take you into a new season, but you're still tied to your past. And so with me, my heart is, and I believe that the heart of God's people should be, Lord, let it all go. Whatever it takes, let the dead bury the dead. I'm going to move on to the next season. That should have died out last season with the men of war. The men of war who came out of, they had come out of Egypt, the men of war. None of them were able to see the promised land. They all died out before the children of Israel got there. Which means that God was trying to do a new thing in a new generation. So for everybody that's got something to say, let's go ahead and establish this. For everybody who's got a problem with a young leader, you don't have a problem with the leader. You have a problem with the way that God does things. So God is trying to raise up the next generation. He's trying to raise up the next generation. This is what he said he would do. In the last days I would pour out my spirit and the young would rise up and prophesy. And the old would dream dreams. And so here God is trying to fulfill his promise. And there's so many people who come into this church and they have a problem with age, which is the silliest thing that I've ever heard. Because out of the mouths of babes comes perfected praise. And so we have to be careful that we don't hinder our own breakthrough by being stuck to the old Egyptian habits and way of thinking. Somebody say, get rid of the stinking thinking. God is saying, where I'm about to take you, I need fresh new legs. Come on, somebody. What, what started serves City is not going to be the same way for this next season. I don't think it's by coincidence that I'm here in this time. Fall is about to come, which means some stuff is about to die. So some stuff is about to die naturally, and some stuff is about to die spiritually. So after this death, a new season is coming. And guess what? On the other side, pastor, of this death comes a season of reaping. Hallelujah. And what goes up? must come down we've got to leave dead relationships dead praise dead praise dead religiosity old rotten manna from yesterday's miracles and God is saying I've got a new miracle I've got things that you haven't even seen before Jesus said this stuff that you've seen me doing you're going to do that but you're also going to do greater works Has anybody seen something greater than what Jesus has already done? Then we are falling short as the body. We need to step up and get into the plan of God and build off of the momentum that was set before us by the men and women of God who paid the price before us and sacrifice a little bit. He said, behold, I'm about to do a new thing and now it will spring forth. Secondly, settling for Moab will cost you 
the promised land. Saddling in Moab will cost you the promised land. I've got to rush. I don't have much time to preach this thing the way I want to preach it. Settling for a Moab merely in, in the land of Moab will cost you the promised land. So after weeping and mourning for 30 days there, renting their garments, no work has been done. Everybody's crying out over what they lost and what God took away. And God says, get up. Get up. Enough of the crying, enough of the whining, enough of the murmuring. And so many people, we find ourselves complaining and whining and murmuring because we're not as successful as we want to be. We're not as powerful as we want to be. We're not reaching the heights that we want to reach. And God is saying, stop the crying and get up. And so here, they're they're renting their garments, their leader is gone, and just on the other side of their weeping, there is a promised land waiting to be reaped. And I want to tell you in this house today that just on the other side of your weeping and crying and complaining and whining about your situation, we all have got it. We all are going through stuff. You're not the only one that's going through some stuff. You're not the only one that's suffering. Do you think pastor and them are walking on clouds and they have no problems and no situations that occur? Everybody is fighting the good fight of faith. Trying to press towards the mark of the high calling of Christ. We've got to get to the place to where we just say, I'm going to stop the crying. I'm going to arise and I'm going to go after the promised land and the purpose that God has for my life. Because just on the other side of that cry is the weeping. Just on the other side of that cry is the reaping of the promised land. And so it was a season where God was telling them that now the time has changed and it's time for you to arise up because the place that you are in is merely an imitation. The place that you're in is merely a counterfeit of the promised land. I don't have a church in here that I can preach to you for the next five minutes. So the place, the land of Moab, as I started studying about Moab, I discovered that Moab was considered, it was, here's the thing, Moab was a serious desert, but in the middle of this serious desert it was full of vegetation it was vert it was a verdant valley in the middle of a desert so get the picture here's the children of israel crying weeping sad but yet hey at least there's some vegetation here at least it's green yeah we're surrounded by desert but at least we got something to eat at least our some of our needs can be met i don't have anybody in here at least god can supply some of my needs But yet on the other side of the Jordan was the promised land where all of their needs, according to God's glory, could be supplied for them. So they're standing in the middle of this desert, in the middle of a verdant valley. It was a type type of a diamond in the rough. It was an emerald in the sand, so to speak. An oasis in the middle of the desert. And the danger of settling in Moab is the danger of becoming complacent. The danger of settling in Moab is becoming comfortable in something that appears to be like God's plan. And comfortable in something that feels like it's God's plan and God's promised land for your life and God's ultimate for your life. So we must not be comfortable in merely a counterfeit. Because on the other side of this thing lies the promised land. They were there in the middle. And another description of Moab, which I thought was so powerful, it said that Moab was known as a location that was just short of the promised land. That'll preach by itself. 
Moab was known as a place just short of the promised land. And many of us, we settle in a place that's just short of the promise that God has for our life. Let me just come in and I'll just do my thing. I'll show up in church. I I may clap my hands a little bit, but I'm really not going to go that deep because it really doesn't require all of that. I'm really not going to open my Bible up during the week and like go after God and to, to do some worship on my own time to go deeper in my relationship with God. I'm cool right here, even though it's still just short of the promised land. I can, I can eat a little something here. I can grow a little bit here. <laughs> Settling in a place that's just short of the promised land. It doesn't matter how much vegetation is there. It will never live up to the promised land. It doesn't matter how much food is there, baby. It will never be God's promise for your life. It, I don't care what the guy can do. It will never be your Boaz. I don't care. Oh, I don't have a church in here. I don't care how many tricks he can turn and how many flips she can do. At the end of the day, it will never be God's promised land for your life. Can I just be real? So we find ourselves, and many of you, I believe, I'm kind of hearing now that many of you are settling for a place just short of the promised land. You are complacent at your job. At your place of work and you're settling and it's just short of the promised land. And God is saying, daughter, I have something deeper for you. I have something higher for you. Don't you get settled in that place because that's not where I called you. I've got another place where I want to take you. i got another dimension where you need to go. Don't get happy in that place. That will just cover some of your expenses. I want to take you to a land that's overflowing with milk and honey. My God. I'm preaching better than y'all letting on today. I feel like I'm in a Presbyterian church. But I'm really in a movie theater. They just played Transformers last night. Somebody needs to transform on that word today in Jesus' name. Settling for just a little bit when God is saying, I want to take you to the land that's flowing with milk and honey. He said that you are just short. You're just short of that breakthrough. You're just short of that deliverance. You're just short of walking into the power that God has anointed you with. You're just short of being able to sing and demons start to tremble. I don't have a singer in here. You're just short of worshiping and all of a sudden all of hell starts to shake because they hear not, not, not the prophet, but they hear the servant of the Lord. I don't desire to be the prophet of the, I desire just to be a servant David had a revelation he said I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord this man had a revelation Moses was able to see so much that we could only dream of seeing he caught a glimpse of God's glory and wrote the whole Old Testament the five books of the Old Testament. He caught a glimpse and was able to give us the creation account because he was a servant. Somebody say, I want to be a servant. It felt like the promised land. Maybe they felt the breeze of the promised land. Maybe on the other side of the Jordan, they could feel that breeze blowing in from the promised land. And perhaps they could even smell the freshness of the promise coming to them. But the danger was they were becoming comfortable in Moab. So we must not be comfortable in Moab. Somebody say, I don't want to be deceived by the false comfort 
of the counterfeit. And I don't know who I'm preaching to, but the Bible says in the book of Isaiah, the 40th chapter, the 31st verse, he says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, and they shall mount up with wings as eagles, and they will run and not be weary, and they will walk and not faint. Lastly, we've got to learn how to step into this new season of the supernatural with strength and boldness and courage. I encourage you like Joshua to step into this new season that God is taking you into. I just rebuke the spirit of fear right now in Jesus' name. Raise your hands and and receive it. I rebuke the spirit of fear right now in Jesus' mighty name. Fear, you will take no hold in any of God's people. You will walk through this new season with strength. You will be able to get your family. You will be able to reach your loved ones. That cancer will get out of That cancer will get Get out of your body in Jesus' mighty name. I just speak deliverance. I just speak God's peace into your homes, into your lives, over your children, over your families. It's a new season. It's a new day. There is a divine shift taking place. And we've got to walk into this thing with boldness. As we stand to our feet now, we've got to walk into this thing with boldness, trusting that God will do exactly what he promised he would do. God told Joshua, this is what you're going to do. You're going to walk and everywhere you step, it's going to be yours. Everywhere you step, is going to be planted. And so I just want somebody to just take a couple steps where you are and just declare, I'm blessed. In this new season where I'm walking, it's already mine. I claim it. 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 This is a new season. You're you're already deeper. You're already deeper. Claim the new job. Claim the new job. Claim the healing over your body. Claim the healing over your mother right now in Jesus' name. It shall be as you have declared it right now. It's a new season. It's a new season. It's a new season. Walk into it with boldness. Come on, Joshua, arise, arise, arise. Walk into this thing with boldness. Be not afraid of the arrows by day. Be not afraid for no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. And every enemy and tongue that rises against you, it will be cast down. I need you to arise in faith and know that just like Joshua, get this, and I'm closing now. Forty years prior, Joshua had been here before and I want some of you to get this revelation that you have been here before spiritually oh you missed it you have been in the place where you knew you felt I'm fruitful I'm increasing I'm multiplying things are happening it seems like everything I touch is blessed it seems like the things that I've been praying for is starting to come to pass I see it unveiling you have already been there now it's time to arise in boldness and claim it and claim it claim it don't believe that it can just happen in the past Mary Martha don't believe that it can just happen in the resurrection Mary, Martha, but believe that it's happening in your now. Oh, Jesus, we know that in the resurrection, our brother Lazarus will rise. Oh, we know that if you had been here, he would not have died. But where is your faith in thee now? In your today. 
So I encourage you, Joshua had already been there 40 years prior. Him and Caleb was the one who went to spy out the land, Pastor. 40 years, God brings things full circle. They had already been there. Joshua was already there. That's why he was able to square his shoulders. Even at 80 years old, he was a mighty general at 40. But now the man is 80 years old and he finally arrives to the destination. And he's able to square his shoulders and say, we are still well able to take this land. For it is promised to us. Because everything in between you and the promised land is merely temporary. Every obstacle and challenge you are facing right now, it is merely an opportunity. <laughs> you, you better not miss this. This is an opportunity for you to exercise, for you to exercise your dominionship over it. The thing that you are facing right now is merely an obstacle and an opportunity for you to exercise the dominion that God has given you over that thing. Jesus said, if you would say to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea, it would obey your voice. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for your grace because it is sufficient for us. We thank you for the new season that we believe by faith we're walking into. I thank you right now, Father, for you have given me the word for your people, for specifically for this body of believers. I just awaken them now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Let them be triggered. Let them be awakened. Let them arise and walk into it to claim the promised land with boldness and strength and courage. Knowing that, Lord, we have already been here in the Spirit. Knowing that we must first go there in the Spirit before we arrive there in the natural. We give you praise for what you're doing and praise for what's about to happen in Jesus' name.